0: we are back That's we right. are back and we're the three best friends that anybody could have we're the three best friends that anyone could have we're the three best friends that anyone can have and we'll never ever 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 leave each other we're the best three friends that anybody could have I mean the three best friends
1: Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And it's good to be back. It's been a while. I think June 10th was the last time I've done a show, so... Going to be a little bit rusty, not Russell Tybert, but I might be, be rusty in parts. But we'll see how things go. Rusty John, Johnny Russell, is that his nickname? No. Hey, no. do not say anything about Johnny Russell. He will be coming up later in the show. Got a chance to speak to him yesterday. Obviously, I'm cock a hoop over that. Um, yeah, it's been a, a strange couple of weeks. Just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for all the, the nice words and condolences sent for the. The loss of my dog, Bailey, Predictapooch, as some of you will know him. Had a couple of trips away as well. We we wanted to do a trip after we lost Bailey, kind of just to get away from things. But we wanted to do something that we couldn't have done with, with Bailey. So we decided to go to Alberta because we, we were going <laughs> to lots of places that he couldn't have, couldn't have done. So it was good. I, I got to see Banff. Lake Louise, the dinosaur park from Heller, oh yeah, and a wonderful CPL venue. It's a little, nice little ground, eh? I liked Spruce Meadows. I know you were there earlier, and Be- before, before. Yeah, yeah, before it was all from from your video. But you told me the plans that I'd seen. I was really wanting to, really looking forward to seeing it, and it, and it was great. I I loved it there. The setup's great. Yes, it's an equestrian arena. It's a horse dressage, horse jumping. Arena. The pitch was a bit of a mess. Which, from my vantage point for the game on Wednesday, it didn't look too bad. But then when I saw it on TV, I was like, oh, holy shit. Yes, you can see all the yeah. things. They also had two trucks driving over the pitch before <laughs> and at half-time spraying water or possibly washing the horse off it. No one was really 100% sure. I can't think that would have helped it. Not, they were big ideal. trucks. Yeah. Think Zambonis. Yeah, I saw your you yeah. a picture, right? I was like... <laughs> weird. But the setup was good. You knew things were maybe not going to, to go well for the white caps, even from the warm-ups. Andy Rose took a shot that flew over the bar, hit a little boy flush in the face, knocked him over, he hit his head on the ground, he had blood coming from his nose, he was right beside me, and if I hadn't pushed him in the way of the ball, that could have possibly been me that was hit. But credit to the Caps they picked him up and they invited him into the locker room after the game oh that poor child <laughs> that's even worse I'm sure he heard some choice words from Martin <laughs> Santos on the management team as he went in there but it, it was the a the management fun...
2: team was in the locker room again at the Voyager's Cup match hopefully
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it was a fun trip if you ever get the chance to get to Spruce Meadows for a game possibly the next round of the, the Canadian Championship <laughs> Head along to that. We're going to talk more about Cavalry on next week's show. Um, yeah, that that was a, a game where you wanted to see, could, could they compete with the higher level? And fair credit, the Whitecaps did. They got a 0 no draw on the road. <laughs> Lucky to get a 0 no draw on the road. But I'm putting off talking about Saturday's game. The plus the plus point of my trip was, as we, on the Saturday night, we were staying in Golden in BC. And as we got just to the outskirts of Golden, there was a massive thunderstorm that knocked out the internet in our hotel. So when I got to the hotel, I couldn't watch the Whitecaps game. The internet eventually came back on, and I thought, oh, I'm going to just see the score. I don't want to sit and watch this if it, if it's terrible. Then I saw the score. <laughs> I haven't seen anything apart from Jordi Arena's goal on Twitter. I I haven't even seen the highlights of that game. So, to me, that game didn't happen. We won't spoil it for you. (laughs) It's like (laughs) like like you with the Voyager's (laughs) Cup. So, I haven't seen that game. But I'm I'm guessing it didn't go well. But Saturday's game against KC, that was the bounce-back game. Did the Whitecaps have bounce-back ability? LAFC, they hammered KC. They hammered the Caps. They're the best team for me, in MLS this season. They're the the class of 2019. Probably means they won't win the the MLS Cup, but right now they're the class of 2019. So for me, heading into this KC game, this was the game where we could really see where the Whitecaps are at. They're playing a team in the West, a team that's around them in the playoff standings. If they're going to make a push, they have to win this game. A draw didn't really help either team, but KC, I'm sure, would have taken the draw. Whitecaps at home, had to win it. It was a mark of where they are as a team. And I think after that game, it's not a good mark. <laughs> Coming out of that defeat yesterday, what, what was your general feelings? Uh, this,
2: this team needs help.
1: A lot. A lot of help. <laughs> I don't,
2: is anyone like surprised?
1: I, like... I, I was. I, I genuinely thought they'd be more competitive against KC than they were.
2: Okay, that's fair.
1: If like, you're thought... at home, you don't expect, as we'll hear from Peter Vermees in part two, yeah. where he talks about the Whitecaps bunkering in at home and how you're not expecting a home team well, to they do Well,
2: they were still shell-shocked, I think, from the previous
1: weekend. but They shouldn't be. No. If, if they're not, going not to be home, fired especially. up, it's for a home game. Yeah. The first time at home in three weeks after a shellacking on the road and a wake-up call, let's be honest, in Calgary.
3: And the thing is that, like, I expected, like, from the beginning of the season, that they would build up, right? They like, they would start getting better and better. As and they they play decently at the beginning of the season for a team that, but they have dropped off, and yeah. it that's worrying that they dropped off. Like, some of the players don't seem to be like. They kind of like the LAFC game. While they said, "Oh, this is just one game, we'll shake it off," it, it's, some of the players seem seems it's affected more than I. N- I noticed yeah. one
2: difference was they they talked a lot about uh, the goats as standing in the
1: league when they lost them. They didn't talk about Sporting standing yes. in the league as much. <laughs> I think they're just going to hope that just folks' attention gets distracted by I don't know the Nations Cup was on this weekend. I'm surprised I haven't been tweeting about that just to take folks' mind off it. But the thing is, at the end of the game the fans that were left and there wasn't a lot of them because it was a pretty mass exodus but there was a lot of booze going around and after the game jj adams had said when was the last time that there was booze at whitecaps home game and i think earlier this season there was definitely a home game where there had been booze no one could remember exactly what i think it it was was, but I, i think that was against the refereeing there were some was yeah. decisions
3: that didn't go with the Caps. That was more, I, this w- was clearly against the performance of the team. I, I think that that was clear. Like there was, there's Definitely. been, there's been boos before because they've been more upset about the decisions that went against the team or whatever the case is. But I think the last time was, I think it might've been late last year. Uh, there was one of the game in, uh, just before Robbo got fired that there was a game where they, the, the people Dallas were game, they were,
1: they were booed off the pitch yeah. and he was sacked after that. Yeah.
3: So I think that was the last one where they were seriously
1: yeah, booed. where that, it was performing. I don't know because
2: really. I was lucky enough not to be in the stadium. <laughs> I was looking
1: to see if you were there or not and then we were like oh no yeah you're lucky. I only went because Johnny Russell was there and I never got to speak to him last year because I was sick and I missed the KC yeah. game so I was like I have to stay at the end now. <laughs> 2-0. <laughs> if Johnny hadn't be- made the trip I was away home. <laughs> there was no need to hang around. 1-0. It kind of felt that that was it and there was actually no, not much need to hang around. It was a test for the Whitecaps. And it was a test that they flunked, let's be honest. It felt like they maybe even struggled to write the name on the paper to to get out the blocks. But before we delve into some of the ins and outs of the match, it's a, a 3-0 loss at home. And I don't want to talk too much about the match itself, but there's that's a, a lot idea. of questions that, yeah. that's come out of it. But we'll start with the goals, how it played out, some other big talking points. And the, the caps, the big talking point before the match... The cap started Theo Bear. Peter Vermi says that caught them by surprise so much so he called him Beard in his post game interview. But it was good to see him. Got his first MLS start. He had a couple of early chances. He looked the only lively part of the Caps attacking core in that first half. But he couldn't put them away. We love Theo. We're great to see him playing. You have to get some of those shots. They've got to force to save out the keeper. Yeah, they got to be on target. Yeah. yeah, that was,
2: he'll yeah he'll be disappointed with with that. Uh, the, yeah, they weren't on target or they got deflected or blocked or whatever. Um, I was,
1: I mean, I was happy for that. Uh, I mean, the, the Colombian was suspended, right? Yeah. Uh, so he came into the press box at half time and he was like, "Oh, it's really nice in here. You get food and there's popcorn and and there's a TV. So I should I should bring my kids." I was saying, like, "Don't get don't get used to this. Hopefully, you are <laughs> expecting to be back playing again." But, yeah. Or he moves on. Interestingly, though, Mark De Santos said afterwards that even if Freddie hadn't been suspended, Theo had earned his chance. And he feels he took his chance as well. But we'll, we'll come to that. Which
2: is interesting. So, you know, Joaquin obviously
1: obviously has you know fallen down even further. Yeah, well, I he, think he his did, was fitness. Yeah, that he issue. did come on late against Cavalry, so he didn't get much right. of a run out. It was like Johnny Russell had came on for twenty minutes the previous week, and they, they felt he wasn't good to start, especially in that turf. I think the same was with Joaquin. ease him in gently get some minutes. So under you got like belt. two
2: two minutes at the end. Yeah. Or so uh, yeah, did, do you know like did they? Is there any word of did they actually try to like maybe attempt to end his loan this? I don't the, know. No one's never. It's no one's still up said for grabs.
1: still load because it. he was injured. That's kind of a bit. Yeah, they got to wait till he's it. fully healthy before
3: they can end something yeah. or whatever. But they could end it at any
1: point during this this period I if mean, they bring, so have somebody the to bring in somebody. Bring in, especially. Yeah. I, I still, I, I by this stage, I feel it's more just like blind hope than actual expectation. But I do feel if he gets a goal, it's going to unlock him and he's going to start to go on a bit of a scoring streak. It's whether he even gets that goal. That's the thing.
3: Well, talking about goals, uh, the 24th minute, yeah. the old goal finally went in. Uh, it was an own goal off aliadna
1: And Yeah, earning his fo- oh, own goal. Own goal, oh. yes. No, uh, another no, set piece. No, right? But no, but was it an own goal? Because they kept switching well, back and forth. It was clearly an own goal, but it was initially given as Gerso by yeah. MLS for the long time. So is it officially own goal? Then? It's officially okay. own okay. goal. Yeah. Um, it has to be an own goal. Gerso- I'm not 100% sure it was going in if it hadn't been yeah. directed. It's Andy- another KC player. yeah. Who but the def-
3: the defending issue with Andy Rose was prevalent there because yeah. he could not handle uh, Gerso so, on the... Yeah. He, he didn't have a good... He a, didn't... He went this... Light, he, lactic, went to, apparently. he went towards the end line. Gerso was able to cut it back and he wasn't able to use his lateral movement or at
1: lack of uh, to block that shot out. If I'd been a six-year-old kid, he'd take care of it. <laughs> For me, as the pessimist that I am, I thought the game was over there and then. I went and got a coffee... What's some of it on the TV? (laughs) But then, from nowhere, it it felt that the Caps started the second half strong. Melia produced a great save. Sprawling stopped to deny Wang from the free kick. Bear had another chance. That was pulled wide, but you have to get that on target. But then Casey grabbed her second. Felipe Gutierrez finished nicely from the edge of the box. Nobody closed in on him. Could no. McMath maybe have done better? I don't know. But yeah, there was no closing down at no. all. He was allowed he was... to run into the centre, yeah. fire home. It all stemmed from a poor kick out from McMath, and then PC couldn't really control it. My first view, and I thought PC had just given the ball away cheaply, but he never even got a chance to control it. McMath, of course, got the start for Match Cripple, and we'll, we'll cover that later. But 2 0, that, that was it. They were not coming back. There was a Reina free kick. That was pretty much all the caps showed from that. That crashed off the post. And then a miserable night was completed. Yeah. But Gerstle Russell got his goal. actual goal. Yeah, he yeah, got his goal. The baby daddy, who's due to become a father today, nearly injured his shoulder when Daniil Henry fell on him so that he wasn't <laughs> going to be able to hold that baby. But 90th minute to make it 3-0, all, all because of Johnny Russell, obviously. But Not that really. was that. And just disappointing all round. It was a night with very little good, a lot of bad and a lot of ugly, and we're going to get to that. But before we get our thoughts on some of those bad things, I want to play some of what Mark DeSantis said after the game because it's very relevant then to what we're going to talk about.
4: this stage right now we're a little bit fragile we're in a position that now every time the the opponent scores it it looks uh, heavy and uh and we need to grow at that we we need to have a, a different type of mental toughness uh all in and react in a better way but um when that happens it's it's hard i think that i told the players what i'm gonna say now that i have to apologize to uh to the fans for the first half. I think that's where the game happened. It was very sloppy, lack of intensity, um, lack of willingness mentally, not in the game for a game that had so much importance for us. Then the second half, I thought it was, you know, it became an exaggerated result because uh, we had good chances. Uh, Tim makes a good save. The other one, it's the post. Ali gets in a good... Uh, Arian, very dangerous play. Uh, Tio has a shot that comes very close. I think there we deserve the goal, um, but then, um, then when we don't score, two nothing, and 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 then the result got a little bit exaggerated. But I think that the first half was key to uh, to our performance today. We we didn't deserve to win due to our first half for sure.
5: As you mentioned, some of that fragility comes down to not being able to score. At this point, is there anything you can say about
4: it and add to that? Cause it just we're inc- trying everything, right? We're trying everything, and today I think that the, the positive of the game was uh, Theo Bear. You know, it was positive to have him there. It was positive uh, to see what he, he tried to bring to the team, uh, and that's great. That's a, a positive sign. Uh, but at this point, we're, we're, we're trying everything to, to create, and we're trying everything to to find the best solutions possible Um, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to grow. It's now nine points out of the playoffs. You said before the game how
2: important this matchup was because of the way the two teams were in the standings. Looking at the standings now, what needs to happen to get back into that race?
5: Or is it still even possible to get back into this race? Yeah,
4: we can think about that right now. Uh, And uh, yes, we want to be in like other teams, Uh, five of us in our division are gonna stay out of the playoffs. But what I told the guys right now is now we have to think, game by game, we have to think about what we want to look like uh, in the future. Uh, we still have the Canadian Championship to play for. We're, we still have a lot to play for. Uh, and I believe that inside and I, I'm i challenging everybody in our locker room to, to show that we have that mental side that we could react to things for sure. Um, And it's not going to be a group that's going to be blaming each other. Uh, It's going to be a group that's going to fight to grow and to to become a better team. At this moment, we have to to grow thinking about what we want to look like tomorrow. Obviously, much has been made of, say, woes on the scoring side of things, but
5: as of late, the defensive side of things as well has started to fall off, especially
6: after a strong start to
5: the season. What do you think has like been the the, the cause of your uh, your defensive uh, side of things falling off as of late
4: yeah I think that uh we have to come back uh, to what we want to look like um, some of the because of the pieces we have right now' we're, we're changing a lot from the four three three to a three five two and if you look at the the beginning of the year or in the first twelve games I would say when we looked more solid defensively. There was habits that were kind of getting into the team. And then after the Gold Cup, um, some guys out of form, guys going to the, the, the can also, uh, we, we had to make changes that brought instability. And I believe that that instability of going from a, a back three to a back four um, is something that we have to avoid. So we, we start getting more habits again. Uh, I think that we lost habits, that that's what I would say.
1: Mark de Santos, the gaffer there, and his back is against the wall. Will he have the answer to solve it all? That's what we're all waiting to find out. Summer transfer window is open. It's exciting. All these teams are adding pieces. Keep reading it on Twitter. All these <laughs> trades. We're very quiet. It, I, I know you're just tying into the song there, but like,
2: yeah, this is not, you can't place this all in the gaffer. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. no. Not, this, not in the slightest. I mean, th- th- there's... A, uh, maybe this is not the time to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> no, this or, he has um, signed the players, but yeah. No, he
1: assigns. Yeah, he assigns. But had very little time to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, but I I but, don't think they're playing the way he wants them to play. I think they're going out in the pitch with a set of instructions, and they're not following fully those instructions. Oh, well, or ex- heard, at least executing it. Yeah. Well, he he said that himself, yeah. but but no, but
2: in terms of the 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 building stuff, right? Like last, about a year ago, this ownership in front office said. We're going to be we're 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 moving back towards the top third of spending.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, well, F- Fonzie was there yesterday. <laughs> I'm sure he was like, "Oh, let, let me see what to spend all my transfer fee on pyrotechnics."
3: Which they had to release at the end of the game, yeah, not during the game. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm meant to speak to Johnny Ross, and all these pyrotechnics are going off. I'm like, this better. Not because because they weren't able to mind. use it at, at all during the <laughs> game. Oh, yes, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But MDS there said the caps are fragile. Hard to disagree. It's been a big change, as we kind of talked about a little bit there, earlier in the season, they had a lot of fighting spirit. We talked about it a lot on the show. They were never giving in. They were coming back after going a goal behind. Their heads weren't going down. Even until recently, they came back against Colorado. They came back against Dallas. And you, you felt that they had something. They had that fighting spirit. These three losses, that fighting spirit seems to have completely deserted them. Three poor performances. Nothing really on offer. Very little on offer. It looks and feels like a completely different team. So what is behind that? Two of the three performances, the defeats, have been after we've got our four Canadians back from the Gold Cup, who were some of the better performers before they went away. I don't know, did they lost to Haiti somehow psychologically damage them? Are they just tired from playing all that international football? Or is it just the simple fact this team... It's not competitive. It's not at the races compared to the rest of the Western Conference.
3: Well, it could also be that, the, like I know, the, the the Haiti loss was probably pretty bad for them. But people usually when they when they lose international, they come back and it's it's not the same thing. It doesn't carry over. I think it could be that they were they were playing well and then they got taken away from the team. Uh, This has happened in the past, the Whitecaps teams, where they're on a run, international break happens, they kind of
1: uh, dissipate. India's talked about the the breakup of chemistry and the lack of chemistry, but they should still be able to slot back into having that that chemistry. I was a little bit surprised Derek Cornelius didn't get the start Hmm. yesterday, because I thought he played quite well against Cavalry on Wednesday. But you watch other games in MLS, and today was a great example. I I sat and I watched Seattle-Atlanta, that felt like you were watching a different league, a different level. The the players, the skill, the atmosphere, everything about it did not feel like what the Whitecaps are doing. Well, that, those are the halves of the league, Michael. Very true. But <laughs> two of the halves. It, it's, it's hard to see how that changes any, anytime soon. That, I mean, that, that's, that, that's the thing. Can anything spark this attack? I want to talk about, about formation in this part and the next part. In the next part more on the defensive side. What formation should we be going with? But but just if we look at the squad of players and there's maybe not many additions coming in, what formation is going to get the best out of this midfield and attack? Well, I think first you have
2: to, you have to start with we know Mark his preference is three five three. In an ideal world, we know that he has he believes he has at least three centre-backs who can start in this league. They just spent a lot of money to keep Ali Adnan here permanently, and he
1: is best suited to
2: playing wide left yep. in a 5
1: 3 And you th- saw that yesterday. Two. He yeah. he was one of the players that had a bit of life about him. Yeah, I got yeah. a goal?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had one of the better chances. Um, yeah, that's true. It yeah, doesn't uh, miss from there. <laughs> Um, no, so I think that that's what, that's what they want to do. He's no w- brick, whether... <laughs> whether or not... Rest in peace. <laughs> that was a bad injury he got today.
0: Oh, the oh, oh Yeah, ACL.
1: He'll oh. blame the turf. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah. Kind of twisted. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry I derailed you
2: there. No, it's okay. So, no, I think Mar- I think this is this is what he, I think, ideally wants to do, and he's trying to... Accomplished with this group, we, we, he's shown at least that he's not crazy rigid or anything because he's played other ways. Yeah, um, which yeah, is, he, which he's is talked,
1: nice. uh Basically, his two formations are going to be four-two-three-one or three-five-two. Yeah, I'm not sure either of them suit the players we have to get some creativity going. No, they need... So they, then it's down to the players. You have uh, to get I, creativity.
3: I, I don't think formation is an issue. I don't think DeSantos is the issue. I think the, they need they just
1: need better talent. Yes. Folk will say, they need though, to that infuse some talent the, and some creativity. In. And Jay, Jay Duke tweeted at me during the week to say, people like me often say, the coach just puts the team on the pitch. He can't put the ball in the net. But we've talked about this for multiple years, different coaches. It's clearly the the squad building, the recruitment where it's falling down. Yeah. And do you put that yeah. on the coach? Do you put that on the and, higher up?
2: And and, and MD, MDS himself, I believe, would say Vancouver doesn't have a structure, internal structure, to best do that. And that's yeah. part of the legacy I think he wants to build here or leave here uh, long, you know, long-term uh, and is working towards. And they Ho- hopefully are, they, long-term. They have done some work behind the scenes, but I think there's also some things that they want to do beside, behind yeah. the scenes maybe that they're prevented from doing. Um, so... That that's that's a part of it. That's a part we don't see and definitely don't hear a lot
1: about. Well, do you continue with Theo Bear after his performance on Saturday, or does Freddie get straight back in on on Wednesday against New England?
3: No, I think you put Freddie in on Wednesday because uh, you need the veteran in in the away match. Like you need the veteran presence in the away match because it's a different setup and everything. Um, And then bring Theo Bear for the next game at home. So I think you need to rotate a little bit there because you don't want to uh, stretch uh, Theo Bear too much as I w- well.
2: I would probably say the exact opposite. I think you put Theo Bear, show, show hey, you did well, and you can. You're, you're gonna, he's going to run. And I less
1: pressure on him on the road. Yeah, maybe.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you, you did well. They're on the road, so play the play the younger player. Then you come home, you play the proven player that some people may are maybe there
1: to watch or whatever. Le- leading scorer. I just prefer to see Theo. Although up. if you take his penalties out, it's just two goals. Yeah. Yeah.
3: If I got to go into the game, I'd rather see Theo Barrett on the yeah, pitch. That's all. That's no, what, I, you, you and I would. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: that, 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 before the game started, I said, all I really want from tonight's game is Theo to get a goal. It would have just been fantastic. He did everything he short go. of
3: getting the goal. Well,
1: we've talked about the Caps offensive woes all season. That's far, though, from being the only problem now. There's also the defence. It's become a bit of a shambles, and we're going to
4: chat about that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was Mark Santos there with I Can't Stand Losing. Actually, it was The Police, but I'm pretty sure that is Mark Santos's sentiments because he has been a winner everywhere that he's gone. That is the thing. That It was The Police there, a song from 1979. Because I've been away from the show for the last month, we haven't been playing our, our songs from 1979. So I've got a double dose for you this week. I saw that this was in the charts this week from the police over in the UK and I thought, hey, can't not play that because the Whitecaps basically have to stop losing and they have to stop losing pretty quickly if they have any hope of saving their season. And I know a lot of people are going to say season's over. MLS does show you just have to string a few results together and you move up the table. We'll talk a little bit about some teams that have done that in the next part. Earlier in the season, though, the Whitecaps' defence was what was saving the Caps, keeping them in games, earning all the plaudits. Daniil Henry was having a great season. Maxime Cropot, fantastic saves, brilliant stuff. Godoy was solid. Godoy, for me, has been one of the, the, the players of the season as well. Ali Adnan, you've got two right-backs who are of good quality in Nervinsky and Sutter. Yeah. Derek Cornelius has come on to his game. This was all looking great. Even Andy Rose, when he went back there initially was doing really well. Off late, though, that's not been the case. And I know we lost a big chunk of the defence to, to the Gold Cup, as as we talked about in the last part. They did keep a clean sheet in the Canadian Championship on Wednesday night, somehow. Ultra. It was, yeah, an <laughs> ultra clean sheet. I saw the, the tweet yesterday. Yes. <laughs> it was from Ryan, right? Yeah. yeah sorry. When we had 2-0 down, it was like, oh, it's, an ultra, it's a clean sheet for the Caps. But no, then, no, no, no. He said, it's, it, this is a, a McMath clean this sheet. This is what a McMath clean sheet is, two goals. But then the third goal went in and spoiled it. So I told him he jinxed that. <laughs> but yeah, they did keep a clean sheet on Wednesday night. But the last clean sheet that they have kept in MLS play was on May 10th in the 1-0 win against Portland. That was 11 matches ago. They haven't won a match in any competition since May 25th. You're not... Going to do anything with starts like that? Yeah. Over a season, you can't and have that big a spell where things don't go right. And correct me if I'm wrong.
3: May 25th, last game before the World the Gold Cup uh, uh, breakup happened. You're right? wrong. It oh, was it? Was it one 31st, more? First Toronto.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. And that wasn't much cop out. No, there wasn't. Now, part of the the problem with the defense, or part of the problem in general, is the amount of goals they've been given up. Nine in the last two games alone. But Stephen, we were talking about this on the way in. There's only so much that a defence can do over the course of a season when you're constantly having to bail out the team where there's no creativity in midfield. There's not people scoring goals. Or they're getting off to a slow start and then they're having to fight back. At some point, that defence is going to buckle and break. And I genuinely feel that's just what's happened to the Whitecaps just now. That Heads have gone down a little. And I think their confidence is going as well. It's
3: like that in any sport. Uh, call, any, call any sport. If 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 the attack is not producing, there's only so much that the uh, your you know defense or goalkeeper or goaltender, whatever you want to say, there's very little they can do if you don't have all phases of the game going. That's that championship teams. That's what they do. They either have one outstanding one that makes up for the other side, or they they, they you fall apart.
2: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to maintain that for yeah. so, so, so long. Sometimes you see that within a game, and I think yeah, and, and I think it's it's fair to say that maybe we're seeing that within the season.
3: Well, last last week, LAFC was the clear one within the game oh, where yeah. they just kept holding on, holding on. Yeah. Then the
1: thirty fifth minute, the goal goes in, and then, yeah. then yeah, everything. You, goes. you just you can't give up that much possession. I mean, first half the Caps are one down, and they had, I think it was thirty eight percent possession. Might even have been less than that. That's not That's not a home team, let alone a home team that's getting beat. It, it's just it's not sustainable. Last year, I remember asking Kendall Waston, and he was really pissed off when I asked him this after the game about defense not doing well and saying, like, "Oh yes, it's always the defense. It's always the defense." Well you, you do good Kendall.: Daniel Henry had a few interesting things to say after the game yesterday, and we'll talk about those after we hear exactly what they were.
5: Uh, I think everybody has to just go home and really look at their own performance tonight and see if they're satisfied with it. Um, A lot of people, if they're real with themselves, they'll understand that today wasn't good enough. And it hasn't been good enough for a while. Um, What we need to do is really bring it every single day. But it has to come now. You know, I'm tired of talking at this point. Um, I tell you guys the same things every week. Uh, we We need to bring it on the pitch when it matters. Uh, so, yeah, obviously the defense, uh, as of late, you guys have started to, to ship more goals. As a defender, what do you think has changed since then or what do you think you need to get back to to start getting some more clean sheets and start to, to get the goals against back down? It's tough um, because the defense have done really well. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, it's tough. I don't know. I don't want to uh, solely make it any... De- um, excuses for why or what's going on but um um when you're when you're playing within a a team who's not doing as well as we want to be doing and um it's, it's really easy to point the finger um but as a club we're not doing well um i think it's kind of um harsh to just say the defense as of late has, has has been has been doing poorly um as a team we've been doing poorly and that needs to change
7: daniel
0: Do you think this team is realistically a playoff-caliber team?
5: Yes, with everybody on the same page.
0: And how does the team right the ship going ahead to New England next game?
5: The same way we go into every single game, with the mentality to win.
1: So, Daniil Henry there. Pausing before he answered some of the questions, and he was one of a couple of comments yesterday after the game where no one was wanting to point fingers which reading between the lines was, everyone was really wanting to point fingers, <laughs> but we're not going to do it publicly, we're going to do this in the locker room. He also had, and you could read this one way as a throwaway line, or, as media love to do, analyse it to death and say, as long as we're all on the same page.
3: But that means that they're on the same page, so as long as they stay on the same page, they'll be fine. That's so one th- way of looking at it. Yeah. Or it could the be a whole
1: 2018 yeah, I'm end not, of season press conference. No, nah, I don't see it that way. I hope it's not. No, I don't. See, like, because it does sound. There like hasn't good. been. There hasn't really been any murmurs of any locker room discontent. But folk are now starting to say in interviews. Johnny Rise on the radio, things are not good. <laughs> no, they, they said they're not playing good. They're not playing good. That's, Ar- Ar- uh, that's Ar- the thing. said we're, we're like. I think
2: he might use the word terrible. Or, or yeah, we play we're playing terrible, terrible there right
3: now. Yeah, he did say that, and he said that. Uh, the one thing he did say is that if we were in Europe, we'd be fighting for relegation, yeah. where we would have to like play playing oh, yeah. for our lives that, in a That's like that.
1: the thing about MLS. Folk get too comfortable. It's like, okay, we're having a bad season. It's uh, funny. There was folk.
3: A, I think you got you got uh, cer like ownership and uh, management that get comfortable yeah. because, the, and yes. this is the, the lack of relegation gives them. Uh, a green light to spend less, basically, in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about the Whitecaps. No, there's, yeah. there's other clubs that don't spend very much because there's no relegation, because yeah. they know the they're going to get that. The there. The paycheck's coming in uh, from uh, what
1: Zach likes to say, call some. Sum. Yeah. And with parity and all the crap yeah. that goes with it, it's quite easy to turn a, a bad season to a good one.
2: There was another wee Scottishman on the radio yesterday who quite agreed with you in terms of the positive side of the pressure that comes with relegation.
1: We should get Colin on the show. Actually, that would be a a fun chat. I think he lives in the valley. For this defence, and I I mean, it's clear the defence has shouldered a lot of the responsibility and kept the caps afloat for a lot of this year. And they, uh, there's no way they're not going to go home at some point and be pissed off that the midfield and the attackers are kind of letting them down, and they they buckle. For a defensive point of view, what is the best? defense for this team. Is it four at the back with holding two, three at the back with your wing backs going back and forward or a flat five and maybe not pushing your wing your, your I, wingers. I so think much? if you have
3: three at the back where they're actual proper center backs and not a holding midfielder or a midfielder being pushed into that role, you're fine. And you need you also need that one like for me a three at the back with a reset it doesn't work for me. I need I think you need a more uh ball winning Player in, the, in front of those uh, guys uh, to protect them. a destroyer. Yeah. A, a, yeah. Does a destroyer does. that yes. a destroyer that can actually, put but the destroyer yeah. that can push the ball forward as well. If like Gersh- does Kofi what he does at his best, a really be, good, a better version of Gershon Coffee, more consistent. I like Gershon Coffee, but better version.
1: <sighs> uh, but yet, if Risi does his job well. Yes, it's not a dynamic position that he's been asked to play. Yes, we need someone beside him uh, that can be dynamic.
2: Y- y- here's where I think the problem is. I think the the three five two is is good for the defenders they have and for the left winger they have. I don't think it, it works with, like you guys said, the midfielders they have and the attackers they have and probably also the right the right side
1: of that five. Yeah. A winger that can tear defences a new one has to get addressed in this window. Yeah, a wing back or a winger. Yeah. Andy Rose got a lot of criticism. We talked about it on... on- from, from the, the child's show. family, or <laughs> very possibly, definitely the child. One thing I will say about him though, when they made the switch yesterday and he was no longer like in the three because they kind of went to a flat back four, he was chasing balls down and everything that went to Melia. He was the only one that was actually running t- towards the goal to force him to pick up He'd of the put, midfielders, yeah, know. yeah, or, or, or strikers like.
3: No, Bear, had given up. Bear,
1: Bear was hitting But by, by that point, he'd kind of... he probably slowed down yeah, a little bit. The last 10 minutes of the game, Rose was the guy that was doing that. And and one other thing I want to ask. In Boom Huang, again, was ineffective for me yesterday. He except for has for the free not kick. lived up... <laughs> the, yeah. for, except for the free kick. Well, yeah. He hasn't lived up to, what I feel, what he was sold to us as being. And if that's the best he can be, and he was like with German clubs he would have struggled in Germany or would have had better players around him and then his game would have uh, come a, on. Even a Haas foul he would
2: have had better players in the second one. But he, in my opinion, but he, um, yeah, he has been ineffectual. He did contribute to the social media team so they could use a, a photo of his face to tweet out their, their mood or whatever because he was like posing like a...
1: Oh, I never saw that. Thankfully. Big contribution. Yeah. Now that's what we think of the white caps. We've all read social media and newspapers and hearing the radio of what everyone here thinks What's of What's a newspaper? As the Scottish poet Robert Burns famously wrote, Oh wad some power the gift to ge us to see ourselves as others see us. Here's how Casey saw us. In the table.
3: Coach, a great win there. What did you see for your team? I
8: always think it's really difficult when you have to go away from home and you have to uh, sort of control the game. Um, The fact that they were bunkered in at home uh, doesn't make for an easy game, for sure, because it's very easy to get a little overzealous and then open yourself up for the counter. And I thought there was two things. I thought, one, we were really good in possession. We didn't lose the ball in critical areas of the field that, you know, found us unbalanced and at the same time when we did go forward we were very conscientious and actively defending from behind Um, and if they won the ball we were really quick to snuff a lot of things out and and I think that was a difference in the game. How important was the early goal? Yeah, especially against a team that bunkers in. To score a goal early is big because now all of a sudden they have to try and play and they open themselves up and uh, even though the second half I thought um, we started out okay and then all of a sudden we kind of had a little lull um, we found their footing really quickly uh, right after that, and then all of a sudden it was, you know, getting the second goal, I think, really took a lot of life out of it, and the third was just a uh, consolation. Did you feel kind of more
3: or less in control for a large part of the match?
6: I
8: mean, for the, for the, I would say for the full match, yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact that our possession was what it was, like I said, to be able to do that at somebody else's place um, in the fashion that we did uh, was was. Very mature in our part, uh, on the players' part, um, and then the other is, is like I said, and, and you said it—you know—the early goal is, is a big thing when you're in a situation like this.
3: Did you see that coming into the game, or did you have we to make adjustments?
8: No, we talked about um, if they sit back and they're bunker in, you know, getting a goal is then going to change the way that they're going to have to play, and at times they be in between, and sometimes that's hard when a team goes in with the mindset to to, to drop off and park the bus. Now all of a sudden you score. What do they do from there? It's hard to change that mindset, and that was our objective, and, and the guys did a good job of getting the goal. I don't want
3: to take you back to last Wednesday, but it, it was a, a tough loss at home. But you, the team has rebounded with two solid wins, no goals against. Is yeah. that Do you see that? And obviously with all these injuries
8: coming off and the people yeah. coming back, do you see a good run for you guys coming up? Well, I, I'd like – I mean, we're going to take it one game at a time, and I know it's cliche, but that's all we can do. Um, the interesting thing is is that uh, just this past week um, – we only have two guys out injured, where prior to that we had 16 guys out injured. So there's a big difference in in everything. There's a difference in giving guys a physical rest, giving some guys a mental rest, giving some guys a uh, little competition, and now all of a sudden it raises the level of training. And now all of a sudden the guy sees that, holy cow, this guy's coming back. Maybe I'm not going to play, so I better pick up my game. And it, it's it's definitely a big help. And, and the other thing is, is that the guys haven't um, – they've lost – there's no doubt that they lost some confidence along the way but you know the one thing as i told them is it doesn't matter how much i believe they're a good team they have to start believing it themselves and when they do they'll start playing like they have in the past and you know the last couple of games and I, even listen if you watch this play against L E S C uh I, i'm that game is deceptive in the fact of the scoreline was when you when you look at the game and the flow of the game um, we were actually really good, and and we're still struggling with a lot of players not being on the field. So, um, and then prior to that, we had four games on the road, which we uh, tied two, won one, and lost and lost one. So, we were uh, we're we're kind of making some some good steps at the moment.
3: Obviously, it's transfer season. A lot of people talking, but you guys are coming
8: back. Like like you said, so many people coming yeah, our back. You transfer, feel like, our is, transfer window is our players coming, coming back, from back from injury. injury yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you we'll, we'll be active. Yeah. We'll be active a little bit uh, for sure. Um, and then I think we'll also maybe be internally active in the league possibly as well. Uh, you know, all those things have to always work out, but I think we're going to try for sure. Although okay. yeah. so it's relatively
6: early, what does it mean to you to go up ahead of Vancouver in the standings at this point?
8: Well, I think the most important thing for us is just, just ga- gaining three points. That That's the biggest thing. You know, we, I tell the guys all the time, we can't worry about what everybody else is doing. We just got to focus on ourselves and... Um, you know, I, we you can sit at home and hope that everybody loses, but that's not—it's not reality. If, if we just take care of our business, um, then we have a good shot. Yeah. So, what was your
3: take on Vancouver, given that uh, Montero was out and they didn't seem to be able to mount
6: much of an attack?
8: Look, I think Reyna's always a—he's always a handful. The guy is—he uh, works hard. He's very fast. He's—he he can be deceptive and elusive in the game. Um, and we were—you know—we had a lot of discussion about him. Uh, I thought our guys, like I said, managed him really, really well. Um, You know, I was a little little surprised that Baird was in the game. I didn't expect that. But again, the guys, uh, they they did a good job with him as well. Um, Yeah, so like I said, I think we were very conscientious in defending today.
1: Haven't played that song for a while, so we've played it twice tonight. Now that was Peter Vermees, Sporting Kansas City head coach, who loves bunkering in or talking about bunkering. Yes, in. several times there he he, yeah, talked he said about about bunkering in, and for a game at home, you don't expect that really from a team, especially when at the start of the season we were sold. You have to attack at home. You have to entertain at yeah. home.
3: Yeah, and the thing that surprised me was when he said, and I'm going to ask him, like, did you expect this, or did you have to make an in-game adjustment? He goes, he expected it, which I didn't see before in previous games where Vancouver know. was bunkering the, the, in. There's been a maybe, few
1: pretty boring. Well, maybe, games against, LA, recently.
3: maybe against LAFC and like the, some of the bigger teams. Maybe he, they expected it because of that. I'm not sure. I don't know.
1: It, it, it just feels like a team that knows they can't compete if they go head to head and take the game to teams. So that's what they're doing. But is this not exactly what Carl Robinson was criticised for? Yes. Mark DeSantis has a lot of goodwill because he's the new coach. A lot of it from the, the regulars or the regulars that are left in the fan base, <laughs> ha, they know it's a rebuilding year that he's trying things to turn it around. You do have to ask, the, well, you've got a couple of questions to ask. one, how long does that goodwill last with the general public as well as the hardcore? Did, did you did you catch Steve's Vancouver Fans Don't Forget joke last week?
2: You can't oh, remember. You, oh, you missed it. It was good.
1: But I mean, um, how, how long does that goodwill last? Uh, no, okay. It's a honeymoon period over.
2: But uh, probably for most people, I think. But here's the thing like you. You can change the coach, but it, it, it's not a changing of the the club's approach, the overall club
1: approach, which has been the the problem since yeah. the beginning. And if people say now, oh well, you're not spending money, they'll say, look, we just signed Ali Adnan, the most expensive left back in MLS history. Right. That doesn't put the ball in the net. Oh no, it did. Yeah, it
2: yeah, did. It did. <laughs> yeah. But no, and yeah, I think he's I think he's wearing his age on his jersey. I think he's fifty three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or 35, one of the other. Um, No, they, but we talked about this last week, Michael, and we won't know more clearly uh, without someone opening up to us or maybe in September, but the the money that's being spent, none of it is, as far as we can tell, out of the owner's pocket. It's out of their operating budget, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Like the salaries- uh the the what I would calculate to be four point five to five point two million they've spent on transfer fees this year, that's from the Alfonso Davies money. It's not out of their out of their own pocket. And as far as I can tell, none of the money they're not paying anything over the salary cap, right? Which nope. is covered by the league and by revenues. Yeah. So they're not paying any of their own own money after they said they would so t- after they said they would
1: do better and they have mm-hmm. intentionally not done better. To, to be fair, though, the cookies aren't running out as early in the press box, oh. so they, they've either possibly spent the money on that, or it's a fact that no one's turning up to the That's a good point. There
3: were cookies at halftime. Yeah.
2: Do you do you guys read what people say on Twitter about the media and, and how they should be harder and ask harder questions? And
1: I do. Okay. Why is there not a better selection of cookies? <laughs> if you saw the photo I tweeted out from Calgary on Wednesday night, they had a dessert buffet. <laughs> it was amazing. But here's another important question a lot of people can put up with a bad season not making the playoffs etc cetera, etc cetera, if you're seeing progress if it feels like progress is being made you have to say it does not feel like they've made progress it feels like they've regressed that's fair
2: at this moment that's fair and again i don't it's hard for for me some people, some people are, some people have some uh, blame the, blaming the coach for that, blaming whatever his approach, his uh, signings, whatever. But again, to me, that's like a downstream issue. You need to stop the problem upstream. Yeah, and that's with the approach of the front office and the ownership, whoever wh- whoever's wagging the dog in there, what well, you can have a discussion about that or what you believe to be true. But that's where the problems mm-hmm. at this football club lie. And until they're addressed, Think, expect more yeah, of the same expect more like this or expect uh the only thing that'll happen which we've seen over the, the this last six years or whatever is players playing above themselves and them having a good a good little run yeah, yeah. but I, it you won't you be because the players are, are better it'll be because what? they have a great time where they come together and they play above themselves
3: when it comes to the regression for me it's the lack of depth on this uh, overall thing like some of the players that are starting regularly for the whitecaps should be bench players or would be bench players for other teams they don't have enough competent starters like i i feel you need eight solid starters and they don't have that like like eight solid starters and then you kind of the other three positions are kind of people that can rotate in and out and in and out like at least that's a minimum eight starters and i don't think they even have that eight competent starters in mls
1: It's three straight losses now for the Whitecaps. They're winless in six. They've had just one victory in their last ten matches in all competitions. Talked that they haven't actually won a game since May 25th, it was. They're rock bottom now of the West. Nine points off the playoff places. What's the answer? Is there one for this year? Do we have to write it off as a rebuild year? Simply accept failure? Is it too early to write it off? Because despite how they're playing, you see what runs like San Jose has done and has put them up the table. But it certainly feels that from things that MDS said yesterday and before and other chats we've had with him, he hasn't explicitly said this, but I'm feeling that right now all the Whitecaps' eggs, what's left of them, are being put in the Canadian Championship basket. If they... Win that Canadian Championship, if they lift the Voyagers Cup, that's some success, that's some progress. What's your thoughts on that? Would that placate you? Would that placate the fans? How much stock do you put in the Voyagers Cup over the playoffs? For me, it's equal stock right now. I, 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 like, the...
3: MLS and the Voyager's Cup is the same thing for me. Like if you success in one is equal to success in the other, because you're lifting trophy, it's getting you to another level. Like it's Canadian Championship, it is. So, but I, I at this point don't have that much confidence in them in the Voyager's Cup. Like mm-hmm. I, they maybe might be able to get by Cavalry, but then they got to play tr- Montreal, who's having a good year. Yep. Well, uh, we I don't know I, how I don't...
1: fancy Cavalry to score. Yeah, in the second leg, and then it's what we do. And when they score,
3: and then I, I Montreal obviously you, you have to face them, and Mon- who knows what Montreal will put out in the maybe maybe you get by them because they play a lesser team, uh, do, do what they did before, but then you got to face Toronto, and Toronto is going to yeah. be a tough opponent.
2: Yeah, Steve, I don't, I I don't disagree with you, but I think for most people in the in the Vancouver public, don't see the Voyagers Cup. Oh I know that equal. was for me. Yeah no Why? yeah yeah. For me. I don't so, know I, I, for so I I think the that's where the public are going to put more stock in the playoffs. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah So that's where the problem lies for for, yeah. if, for if that's MDS I approach. Mean, but but I don't I, I agree with Steve. I don't I don't see Vancouver at this moment being successful in what would be five more games in the Voyagers Cup yeah. and winning three rounds. Cuz Mark DeSantis,
1: DeSantis was talking about 15 games coming up over the next 2 months. He's planning on a long run, in the Voyager's which is fine Cup. for him to say that. Yeah. Like you you want him to be ambitious. Don't yeah. see that. And like for me, there's no point in getting to the MLS playoffs and losing the first game. You have to be have a competitive team for the playoffs. If you're not going to be competitive, Canadian Championship for me is the biggest thing that the White Caps are going to win. And remember,
2: the MLS playoffs this year are not uh, in the favor
1: of of the of the lower yes, ranked teams. I know. Although we're not very good at home, so maybe that doesn't actually matter. So I, I tweeted out that question on Twitter last night. Would you be happy if the Whitecaps won the Canadian Championships but didn't make the playoffs? So I'm going to go through some of the responses. We got a lot, so I'll rattle through them. You guys can, oh, can join in as well. I, can I read some? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Tim Altman at Proggy All-One. It would help, but not by much, because we probably wouldn't do much in the Champions League either with the squad that we have.
3: Blake Price, TSN. Ooh, that's a famous guy. Uh, boy, that's optimistic at this point too, though, isn't it? TFC might, uh, might be finding its
2: way now. At Chris Harrop, GK. I'm okay with it. Hard to see us getting past the first round in playoffs anyway. But continental football is a must for me.
1: Jared 1886. Kinda of funny considering we drew no nil to Calgary with arguably our strongest lineup available. I still think we beat them 3 0 on the return leg
3: though. Uh we'll see at Cast W 123 when you've got when they've only got 1 1, Voyager's Cup. It should be an expectation of employment. That that point is to win, not pick and choose the easier games.
2: At Arna Selveson. I'd be fine with it because right now I see us making neither.
1: Derek Manchester at Kerridge Top. I'd be shocked if they finish the season better than their expansion year. 28 points. Yeah. At Angus Walker, uh,
3: who asked a very good question during the game. Mm. Uh, uh, for me, the Canadian Championship is the top priority for every season, more than MLS Cup, and definitely more than just getting into the playoffs. Playoffs mean nothing. I know you have been. you have to be in it to win it, but just making the playoffs is no more of an accomplishment than coming second. The Canadian Championship is our entry to the CCL. MLS Cup isn't. Canadian Championship is like promotion. MLS Cup is like the end of the line.
2: At no good boyo, if you're going to eat
1: excrement, might as well have up some garnish. Oh, I thought we were going to get to swear there. Sean Kawakami, honestly, I hate the playoffs. As has been said ad nauseum, playoffs take meaning away from each game of the season.
3: At a big country footy, good luck. TFC just woke up. Two players added to and all the DPs back fit. They beat Montreal away and now they're going to going on a run. Vancouver needs to prioritize getting ownership that is committed to
2: competing. Robert Logan, who's at twelve Chester sixty-eight, just fine, since the game with the game with the Tigris and the Tigers was the best played game of Cap's MLS era, and this MLS season is lost.
1: Robin Bristow says, Right now, I'm less worried about results than I am about seeing progress in the team. The club needs to be see signings in this transfer window and the Christmas transfer window that will really impact the team. Ownership, good faith, in exchange for fan patience.
3: And finally, Laurie uh, Burtzall, I think the playoffs may have left the building last night. I just want to see progress. Canadian Championship would likely be some progress.
1: There's a few other tweets as well. I haven't got time to go through all of them, but thank you for everyone that, that sent them. But a lot of people were saying last night they were giving up their season tickets. Guy that copied me in and sent it to the White Cat said he had five since 2011, he's not renewing. And I had a few other folk that said they've had them since 2011 and that they're not renewing because they feel they've not delivered on the promises that were made this off-season. A lot of questions as well about where the Fonzie money's gone. We'll chat a lot more about that in the coming weeks. We've got New England coming up on Wednesday, San Jose and Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that and some MLS stuff after the break.
7: Hi, I'm Jake Nowinski and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And tell us what that song was, Steve. That was a theme song
3: from The Last Starfighter, uh, one of my favourite movies. It came out 35 years ago this weekend. Mm. It basically, was, it's kind of a lower-end Star Wars. The guy was recruited uh, to become a Starfighter based on playing a video game, like an arcade game. And he was recruited, so he went to space and everything. It's well worth it. It's probably this, the special effects are that great, but... It was just a blast from the past. It's too
2: bad people can't see the glimmer in Steve's eyes. It, yeah,
3: it was honestly the most one of my has been for the it's whole a, show. It's a, one of my favorite. Come on, it's Friday. one of my
2: favorite movies. Uh, like growing up. Speaking of great movies from the '80s that are inspirational that didn't have great special effects but are so great, yeah. Uh, Goonies is in the Goonies are, is in theaters right now.
0: Oh really? Oh, I wow. didn't know that. Yeah, that's good. Tuesday, you should come. Uh, right Twenty
3: up. years ago, uh, Blair watch came out uh, this weekend. Oh. Yeah.
1: Twenty it's years. Been Twenty ago? years. These <laughs> oh, people
3: have been puking in the, sta- wow. in the theaters. That, I that saw
1: weekend. the UK premiere of that at the Edinburgh Film Festival. It was superb.
3: Did you get sick? A lot of people no, got sick I in the theater because of that... the shakiness of the camera. A lot of people was... think
1: my VMSL videos reminds <laughs> me a lot of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> when
2: a couple years, 2016, I was away in uh, Salt Lake for a game. There's, as you guys know, there's lots to do in Salt Lake. So like, so we went to a movie. Will and Sean and I. It's very white there. Yeah, we went oh, to the th- buildings. Not people.
1: people. <laughs> uh,
2: we went to we went to the theater, and there was a movie just like that. I forget what it's called, and it was like a movie where they strapped the the camera to the guy's chest and oh, it's a whole movie oh, like that. Yeah, I've done some. Videos it, like and I was just a uh, run,
3: Harry, run or something like that. I forget, but yeah, I was just like, I, I turned weird.
2: to them about. It was half all an in, hour.
3: It was all in first. For, person. Yeah, it was first first like person. a video game, basically. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I turned to them about thirty minutes, and I was like, guys, I I gotta
1: leave. I gotta leave. Like, um. They should have pulled off at halftime like that. But we're going to talk a tiny little bit more uh, about the Whitecaps in this part, then we'll get into general MLS. So there's two tough games coming up for the Whitecaps. Travel to New England on Wednesday night, for for a game on Wednesday night. New England now under Bruce Arena, unbeaten in eight games, I think it is. Then San Jose, who's hit some form as well, coming to BC Place on Saturday. That Earthquakes game, it's definitely must-win territory now. I, I think they're both so no win. You kept to, see at this point, both. I can't see us getting much from New England. Even if we get a point there, I think I'd be really happy from that. And I think you'll see a weaker lineup. Okay, must result. They're all must results now. I say weaker lineup. I don't even know what a weak lineup is anymore. So,
2: yeah, I don't fancy them getting anything from Bruce Arena's New England. But I don't think the San Jose game is going to be a gimme in any no. Shape oh, no. Or form. no,
1: I, I fancy the Quakes at this point. What's your predictions for these games then? Let's just get that out of the way.
3: I'll say a loss in New England and I'll say they bounce back with a win against San Jose. Mm. I'm gonna you gotta hedge against the best. They can't be losing every game or drawing every they gotta get a pick up a win here and there.
1: You don't remember twenty eleven? <laughs> no,
3: I
2: don't. <laughs> I I agree. I don't th- I I see New England winning for sure, and I see I see a draw at best against San Jose.
1: I'm saying three 0 to New England. And they're not that good, 2 1 or 3 1 to San Jose. Yeah, I think 2 0 no, New England, and I think like 1 1 or 2 1. I know they're not that good, but <laughs> neither are we.
3: I know that, but I'm just <laughs> saying you guys are like giving or, every opponent just like is like a superstar I, team now. I'm just, all just of being sudden.
1: pessimistic now, so if we get anything, I'm pleasantly surprised, and it actually makes my night. But... It looks bleak for the Whitecaps and MLS, we've got to say that. They're rock bottom of the West, as we talked about, after this weekend's matches, their loss. Colorado's draw against Portland saw them come into last place. Only Columbus and Cincinnati are worse. We do have to play the pair of them in August, so that could give us six points. But Cincinnati has a game in hand, so they could be level on. and they're on a two-game winning streak as well. It's bad for the Ohio teams. It's not so much Ohio over everything as everyone over Ohio. (laughs)
3: I thought it was Ohio versus everyone.
1: It's uh, a wrestling thing.
3: Yeah.
1: Whitecaps have four wins this season. That's the lowest in all of MLS. Nine defeats and eight draws, which is the highest in all of MLS. <laughs> 22 goals for the third lowest in MLS, with only the two Ohio sides worse than us. 34 against, and there's four teams worse than us there, so not looking great. Teams are starting to make runs now, but we're slumping. Minnesota sit fourth, after Mason Toy made it four goals in four games to give them a 1-0 win over Dallas. Four straight wins now for Mini, after three straight losses. So it is doable. We've got three straight losses. We could get four straight wins now. San Jose are fifth. They've had a tremendous turnaround of late. One loss in the last nine. Six of those are wins. Just two losses in the last 14. Yesterday's visitors, Kansas City, made it back-to-back wins. They're sitting ninth. Four points off the playoff places, but with a game in hand. Now, the thing is, with all three of those teams, they're teams that
3: don't spend that much. Hmm. They're not over, they're not like one of the top spending oh. teams, but they spend smartly and they spend on the appropriate positions. Yeah. And then they. Minnesota's kind of,
1: made a good addition. Yes. Yeah. Now scoring Bo- for them. And... Boxy scored while you were away. Yeah. <laughs> See, everyone can score. Take note, Whitecaps. Kansas City had a really bad start to the year. Peter, Ver- Peter Vermees said they've had 16 players out injured yeah. at various points of the season. And I mean, that can kill any team. Yeah, Champions League too. To, to be yeah. A, yeah, so I mean, it, it's not been good. They're all pretty much back healthy now. And so Eric Hurtado's coming back, so yeah. that's fine too. Look out! Hard not to see KC pushing on now in, in the second half of the season. That's a team you expect are, are going to be in the playoffs every year anyway. One of the guys that's returning from injury, good friend of mine now, friend of the show, Johnny Russell. Long-time listeners to the show might know I'm a bit of an admirer of Johnny. We managed to get the restraining order put on hold for after the game yesterday. Caught up with Johnny after his two minutes on the pitch. A fact that you'll hear during the interview. Benny Failhaber came out, and went, "What are you talking to him for? He only played two minutes." Here's Johnny Russell. <laughs> First thing I've got to ask you, how's, how's the hamstring, especially after playing on a pitch like this? Uh, it's been fine.
7: Um, got back before the game last week so just sort of taking it easy. Um, yeah, just taking it easy, try to get myself back in and you know, obviously get as many minutes as you know I need to get myself back fit.
1: The injuries the team's had this year, has been absolutely incredible, but it looks like you're starting to turn the corner a little bit now it Is is the feeling in the group that you're still in it at this stage, that you just need a run of games to get some wins under the belt?
7: Of course, I mean it's it's still the same team that finished you know top of the conference yeah. last year, so you know we know how good we can be um, just this season, we haven't performed anywhere near what we're capable of what we've shown last year um, and that's been the, the most disappointing part, you know, everyone Everyone in that locker room knows that we, we have to do better. Um, and I think over the last couple of the games we've shown that.
1: What's been behind it? Has it mostly just been down to the injuries or has there been other things as well?
7: I mean, you lose the amount of guys we've lost, especially key players. Um, you know, and we lost them. It's not as if you lose one here, one there. We lost them all pretty much at the same time. So, you know, when you miss that many many key players and it's always going to hurt the team. Um, and saying that, there's there's a lot of games that we should have seen out. You know we we're leading, and probably four or five games, and teams have equalised in the last minute, um, and that's, you know, that's down to us. That's nothing. That's nothing to do with injuries. Um, that's concentration of the players that are on the pitch. So the injuries have hurt us, but at times, you know, the guys that, you know, I've been playing with, have hurt themselves as well.
1: The, the MLS West just now as well. It's the tightest it's been for a number mm. of seasons, and. Last couple of years, it's shown. As long as you get in the playoffs, it's then what matters. Mm. Since then, is that kind of the mentality that the group's got? You just have to get there. Doesn't matter where you finish in the top seven, just as long as you get there. Yeah,
7: that's the thing. Um, you know, we need to we need to be there. Um, obviously, as high up as possible. But you know, being there is the most important thing. Uh, you know, this club's been on such a great run and making the playoffs. And you know, I don't want to be involved with a group of players who. You know, breaks that tradition. So, you know, it's it's important for the for the club, for the players, uh, and for the fans as well that we're there.
1: When I spoke to you last year, you kind of just not been long in the league, been a, a few years, but you had a really good first season. Overall, looking back on that, how did you find that that first season in the league?
7: I was, I think, I adapted and dealt with the league well. Um, you know, from a personal point of view, I had, I had a good season. And, you know, I'm always one who. Every year tries to tries to do better. Um, so for me, it was it was stats. Benny that way, mate. <laughs> ah, good boy. Yeah, so stats, and you know, I look at my my stats last year, and you know, I try and improve on them. Uh, so I'm nearly there in goals, and you know, I'm catching up on assists as well. So you know, if I'm if I'm doing that, I'm creating goals, I'm scoring goals for my team. Then you know, that's what makes me most happy.
1: With the season that you had I kind of half expected You might end up I move back to the UK I mean, Did that ever cross your mind Or is this where you see Your future
7: No I didn't I had no intention Really of going back to the UK I'd played You know even If I did I'd just came off the back Of playing 18 months With no break So and That was the last yeah, thing On my true. mind is, is playing more So I enjoyed my rest Came back here And No It's not been It's not even crossed my mind To, to go back There was a you know, there was a couple of phone calls, clubs asking if I would go on loan when I went back, but it's, nah, it's nothing that I, I've got a contract here. I'm happy here, and you know that's where I see myself.
1: What, what's life like for you in Kansas City? I mean, the heat would put me off living there, and then the coldest as well. I mean, then, do you just get used to it? You have to. Um, I don't
7: know if you can get used to the heat there. It's like thirty-seven degrees yeah. next week all week, so not ideal. But you know, it's you no, know, I go and work hard, train, and then. Lead a quiet life away from that. I've got my wife and my daughter. Um, my wife's pregnant again, so baby boy on the way. So, quiet life for me. Uh, just spend time, as much time with my family as I can, especially when you know you do a lot of travelling. So, nah that's it. Enjoy, enjoy the weather before you need to go back to Colt Bridge.
1: And last thing for me, I've got to talk about Steve Clark getting the Scotland job. What, do, what are you expecting from him as the coach there? Have it, have you had any chats with him about you being here and flying over and stuff like
7: that? Um, no, obviously I, I was in his last squad, and you know I went I went over injured, uh, you know, I was struggling with my calf a little bit, and then you know, he was great, he gave me the time to get ready, and then obviously you know let, gave me another cap in the the Belgium game. So that's when a new manager comes in, you never know what your place is going to be like. You never take it for granted anyway, but especially under a new manager. Uh, so to get the call and. No, he's he's a quiet guy but the chats that I did have have with him are always positive and you just have to see what he's done with his command up team Yeah. know how how good um, he made them and you know punching well above their weight and you know I'm sure he can get us back to doing that as well thanks
1: so much man cheers good luck for the rest of the
7: season thank you man see you later
1: Johnny Russell there, subtitles will be provided at your request. (laughs) I did obviously want to ask him, so what's the chance of you coming to Vancouver then? I knew the answer, but I did want to ask him. I had Chocolate Digestives and Iron Brew already. I was wearing a Biffy Clyro t-shirt, trying to be as Scottish as possible. Even didn't spend any money yesterday just to try and be (laughs) even more Scottish. But... Yeah, it was nice to talk to to Johnny, and Steve was nice yeah. enough to take a, a photograph. Took a picture, asked
3: people to caption the photographs. I'll read some of those out here. Uh, Returo, that Returo guy goes, I, Johnny, take thee, Michael, if only. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Arnon said the same thing. Yeah. So was that a marriage proposal?
3: Um, Anna said, uh, are you really asking if I'd ever consider playing for Vancouver? Um, uh, adv- uh, shoot, I can't even see his name. Uh, Ad vicinity maybe, uh, take the your talk, chocolate digestive with you when you walk away, uh, Chileo thoughts that uh, you didn't earn a chocolate digestive, maybe because of the minutes he played um, Ryan McLeod, uh, unintelligible Scottish slang um, <laughs> Yep. at Leonard Dummy uh, now this is, I don't understand this term, this might be from England, not a Love Island fan, oh, and honest, but that Curtis needs a kick in the balls, Mari wants to pump him and he's ducking about wee p- some posh bird called Francesa who is midden Think he's scared of the beard of punching you have big daft. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You, you, there's obviously a, there's
2: you a mean. word missing at the end after daft.
3: Yeah. Uh, probably prick, I guess, I'm assuming. Uh, Michael, I'm flattered, but you you would have to remember that restraining order. That was from Spencer J. Larson. It is back on again. Uh, at fully aroused, says, uh, Tis a fine m- moon lick to nick. Ook A moose is loose about the hoose. Okay. I had at,
1: at a Scottish accent, slightly better than JJ Adams. I have to say uh,
3: at uh, KNVB's uh, uh, I wish we could play these guys every week. Uh, <laughs> at Miss uh, M Richter thirty seven. No, I am not Alex Adler. I think that's a hockey reference. At Grimmy, oh, I can't even see why can't I see these names. Grimmy in the six oh four. Uh, will give, I'll give you three options. I'll go with the best one. Can you please take me with you, Johnny? Uh, that was obviously talking about you. Asking. I would die in KC. at Hallis Triple uh, Seven. Hey, I'm Scottish here. Scottish, we should hang out. Uh, cast W. That was basically one, what two, I was three, three. four. Seriously, that's the team they out and no name uh, underscore actual. How about this Vancouver weather? Want to stay? Did you get Gideon's in there? Oh, Gideon's. I missed Gideon's. Uh, let me go back there. It must have been not that good. I was well, that. He's like,
1: I asked for his latin security. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but,
2: but here we are anyway, Michael.
1: He is a good player. And it's good that he's coming back. I was concerned. I was speaking to the KC guys before they came out. And I was like, I don't think you should play him just because of our turf. Nothing to do with the fact that he was going to destroy the team. But I was worried that our turf was going to do his hamstring. It's not a good pitch to come back after just playing 20 minutes on. But he, he got a good two minutes. He set up a goal. He got a second assist. I thought a, was generous. He's like, they Joaquin Arda, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I got some other tweets quickly, we Derek Cockram, he said he would be happy if the Whitecaps won the Voyagers Cup and the Cascadia Cup, maybe even sneak that. Because if you're not going to be in contention for the MLS Cup, really, what is the point of being in the playoffs? I don't, I don't think they're going to win the Cascadia
2: no. Cup now after that loss in Seattle.
1: Greg Petrie says he's heard more people blaming... Ownership and front office this year, as opposed to like Mark DeSantos, but he's also heard a lot more casual fans just lose interest in the team altogether, oh, and yeah. that's got to be worrying. The, for, ap- for the, the, the apathy is set in with all for sure, yeah. Cede Pryor said you can't fault the ownership in one hand for not like possibly spending too much and putting themselves in trouble when you look at what happened years ago, but seven years like, ago, win like in, in the old NASL. But when you look at teams like they're Seattle, LA, and, Atlanta, <laughs> and <laughs> Atlanta, they're spending lots of money, but they're, and they're, they're reaping the rewards. But, because, but you gotta
3: understand they're getting money
1: in, yeah. yeah. That's whether the they, thing, they're whether re- they showing it on the, the books rewards. or not, they're exactly. bringing exactly. money in. That's part of the whole. This that's
2: how this Ponzi scheme is set up yeah. with MLS, right? You can you can cry it's
3: a Fonzie scheme with her.
1: too. Yeah, it right? is. You can cry poor... can call poor. It Fonzie scheme
2: instead. You, oh, that would be good. You can cry poor by saying you're a soccer ops, you're losing money, yeah. while not showing the money you're making from some. This is not mm. rocket science. Yeah. Back to MLS then, in general.
1: If you look at the form, quality, current placings, the top five right now... I can't see them not being playoff bound. It's the two LA teams, Seattle, Minnesota, and San Jose. Yes, the latter two could then have a dip because I can just just see them a having good a dip. Run. Yeah,
3: I only see three teams guaranteed, but I do also see uh, Portland and San Jose. Well, Portland, San uh, Jose, uh, Kansas City. Um, yeah, Portland had a rough game yesterday or today. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, last Col- night, Colorado, right? Yeah, against yeah. Colorado. Uh, but I see those two teams eventually in that playoff hunt. I think. The two teams you have to try to catch are San Jose and and Minnesota.
1: Well, Houston now, I mean, they started strong. They've only got one win in the last eight. Five of those are losses in the last six. They've now dropped out of the playoffs altogether. RSL are sixth with 29 points from 20 games. Dallas are seventh with 29 from 21. Like you, I expect KC to move into the top seven. Probably Portland as well. So you look at that, it's not impossible, but it's really, really difficult to see. Even if the caps start to go on a run, that you're going to overhaul all the teams that you need to overhaul. Yeah. Well, well, like
2: part of the problem with Vancouver is it's not like you're waiting for a, a player to get fit. It's not like there's some impending signing that's going to be a difference maker that
1: that we've heard of, yeah. right? So it's it's not. <laughs> yeah, there's no summer splash. No. There's
2: no. There's nothing on the horizon, but the same more of what has already happened. So. Yeah, you, I, anyone who sees them battling for a playoff spot, I
1: think, is not you know, is basing that on on hope. I've already planned everything from the second week of October that does not involve Whitecaps. So. <laughs> Out in the East, Philly are still top. DC and Atlanta is probably going to fancy their chances though, of catching them. RSL, though, did destroy Philly 4-0 this week and looked really good at it. So that's a team... You kind of expect them maybe to fall out, but I think they'll hold on. To be honest, eh,
3: I, I see. I, I see when they leave their you know their home confines that they actually do struggle. So I, I they have that advantage of be playing in, in Salt Lake at the altitude, but once they leave, they're they're 50 fifty-fifty team for me right now.
1: A couple of other talking points just from around the league this week. First of them, the Leaks Cup. Crap name. Just add an S on it. MLS, League MX sides, it gets underway later this month. But this past week there was a lot of talk about how both leagues seem quite keen to combine and be a a unified kind of North American league. This could be the precursor to it. It's a scary thought in a lot of ways for a club like Vancouver. We already kind of feel a little bit out in the cold in MLS terms. Add in Mexican teams to that and... Where is our place in that league? Yeah, it's, it's nowhere.
2: <laughs> it's nowhere. Like the me- most, or the the larger Mexican clubs spend way more money than the MLS clubs do, as we've witnessed yeah. in the, ch- the Champions League. And they get a salary cap raised,
1: which probably isn't going to help us either. Yeah, uh, uh,
2: yeah. I I think countries should play in their own country and have continental competitions.
1: Well. That brings me to a question I was wanting to ask. If this happens, or if MLS keeps expanding and the Caps can't really keep up cost-wise... Or 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 choose not to. Or choose not to. Do you see a time where the CPL is a more attractive place for them to play? Would they be welcomed in the CPL?
3: No, I don't know about them being welcomed, but it won't be attractive until they get that some money CPL. If they bring it in the somebody Vancouver will, because uh,
1: that's no a very very low yeah.
2: salary cap in CPL. This, yeah. this morning I heard a sermon on uh, the rich fool, <laughs> and it's it's ringing, <laughs> ringing a little bit <laughs> true. And this no, great Kerfoot won't want anything to do with that because he he got into this supposedly to give back to the football community and sport in this country, but he. Uh, whether he got into it for this or not, he has made a ton of money on this. He has, he he ha- what he has invested, the value is worth far more than what it was, even if it's not as high as it could be. Uh, yeah. And so, why why would anyone in that place want to be in be involved in something that is currently not valued as high? From a Canadian Premier League perspective, why would you want to deal with people who? did a, a pretty good job at the USL, NASL, USL, A-League level, but are clearly not up to it at the MLS level, then being a part of what what, what you're doing,
1: especially if they're going to have the same approach. or Yeah. One of the things that made me think about this question, though, was when I was in Calgary during the week, the local media were describing the Whitecaps as the legendary Whitecaps were coming to town. So the Whitecaps name, maybe not in... Cities like Vancouver itself and Montreal and Toronto who have the teams. But these other parts of Canada, they look at the Whitecaps as this kind of legendary club. It's got a, a lot of respect and some status and recognition. Very little outside of Canada. So for me, it would make a lot of sense. They'd kind of be big players, but I don't know. Last bit in this part, ESPN had their fifth annual anonymous MLS players poll. It was announced this week. Players from every club this year took part. There was 128 responses altogether. It's worth a read. It's a lot of fun. Quickly rattle through some of the answers. One of the questions was, which city do you dread going to play in or visiting the most and why? Vancouver were joint sixth, only on 4%, so not too bad. New England, 23%, with a lot of people saying cross-country travel. Houston, 12%. Columbus, 11%. Want to quickly read some of the, the responses from the players. Cross country flights are pretty tough, but New England is the worst. The hotel is right next to the stadium and there's nothing else to do around there. The fans aren't the best, the field isn't the best, just a whole package, I guess. Columbus, dull city and black and grey all the time. Houston, it's a long trip, always hot there, and downtown is a ghost town on weekends. NYCFC, small pitch, not many fans. Long ride to the stadium from the city. New England, Terrible Turf, Tom Brady World, Trader Joe's and Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> Not normally Trader Joe's, by the way. And RSL Utah, because you wouldn't be a place you'd want to live. A friend living out here said it's boring unless you're really into the outdoors. Best kit in MLS, LAFC won with 26%, Atlanta 16 KC 13%, Vancouver were 6th again on 5%. 68% of the players asked, or who answered. They love the new playoff format. 9% hate it. 23% don't care. That'll be the white caps because they know they're not going to be in it. 64% would like to see Pro-Rel. 30% said no, and 6% had no preference. And one for Steve here. Top three superheroes, favourite superheroes by the players. Batman at 28%, Superman at 19%, and Spider-Man at 15%. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got a vote, so I don't know if Fonzie was still voting or not. (laughs) But lots of other fun segments about food and stuff as well, so check that out over on ESPN. But we're going to be back with looking at the 1979 NASL Soccer ball and the big news that came out from CONCACAF week this week about 2022 World Cup qualifying.
7: Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Iconic Buzzcocks, Harmony in My Head, released on July 13th, 1979, entering the charts the following week. And of course, the reason we're playing the Buzzcocks there from 79, apart from them being my all-time favourite band, is we're going to kick off this part with our 1979 NASL Soccer ball celebrations, continuing after a bit of a lengthy break from them. So a lot to catch up with. In the UK, 40 years ago this week, Our Friends Electric was the number one single which we've previously played in the show, one of my all-time favourite songs as well. Number one album in the UK was Discovery by Yellow, the Electric Light Orchestra. Number one song in Canada this week, 40 years ago, was We Are Family by Sister Sledge. First of two weeks at number one for them, number one album was Breakfast in America by Supertramp. In the US, the number one single was Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Went on to be number one for five weeks. She also had the number one album with Bad Girls. Summer of summer, you could say. And who doesn't like some bad girls? There were some classic movies released since we last did this section. Rocky 2 was released on June 15th. The infamous video nasty Driller Killer. I have that. It was released on the same day. As was the classic UK children's film Water Babies, which I don't know how big that was over here. It's a mixed animation live action thing. I remember going to see it with my mum at, at the pictures. Escape from Alcatraz was released the following week, along with the first Muppet movie. James Bond film Moonraker, June 26th, 1979, was released. Classic comedy Meatballs on June 28th. And the John Voight, Voight classic film The Champ was released on July 10th. There's a Dracula film as well, Steve. Yeah,
3: Robert Langella and Laurence Olivier yeah. were in that
1: one. Playing Van Helsing that, and that came
3: out this weekend.
1: July 13th. Same weekend. Yeah, so The Wanderers, which is... A new, I don't know how many folk know about The Wanderers. It's a New York gang film. Nowhere on a par with the no. Warriors. I've got that on, on VHS. I, I Good bit of fun. In Whitecaps Lando, June saw the Caps of a three-game road trip. that saw them only win one game at Tulsa Roughnecks, losing it in Minnesota and California, returning to Empire to demolish New York Cosmos in a famous game, 4-1, They were 4-0 up at one point, in front of 32,372 fans. They then beat California, 3-1 win in Atlanta. They acquired Alan Ball, Little Alan Ball, who was getting a lot of goals for them. Rounded off June with a 3-2 shootout loss in Fort Lauderdale. July, they lost to Toronto, then beat Sounders, so that's always a good thing. Thanks to two goals from Little Alan Ball. July 11th was the last game to bring us right up to date, and that was a 1 0 loss to the LA Aztecs. And that was 1979. I was going to say I missed that music, but I played it on vacation just to, oh, to nice. keep me happy and remind me of you guys. Um, you were talking about the past there. Let's talk about the future mm. because it does
3: look It looks very odd uh, yes. with the Concacaf oh. uh, qualifying that just came out. Yeah, we were oh, talking man. about we were going to bring it up in headlines, but might as well bring it up now because yeah. it's pretty big.
1: Wednesday, I think, was the the official announcement by Concacaf. I had just seen the headline; I hadn't read the email. I just said, oh, qualification. I was like, oh, I'll read that later. Then I got to Calgary and a lot of the guys were talking about it. And then I was like, oh, I haven't read it yet. And then they explained it. And I'm like, what? What the hell? How screwed over are Canada and other up-and-coming countries like Haiti? Like Haiti. All these young players coming through. And then all of a sudden, their hopes of maybe being at a World Cup's just pulled away from them. Potentially. Yeah. But let us explain. Yeah. So, CONCACAF's brainwave for 2022 World Cup qualifying is the top six FIFA-ranked nations in June 2020 will automatically qualify for the HEX. Right now, Canada are eighth. But Steve did a bit of digging, and they're not too far out of being in the top six. Yes, I'll
3: give you a quick update. They're eight points behind Panama. Oh, sorry, I'm making sure I have the right. Yes, eight points behind Panama. Uh, they made up quite a few from the previous time, and they're about 30, I want to say, less than 30 points away from El Salvador. And I don't. Panama had a decent gold Cup, but El Salvador had a pretty mm. poor one. The team above El Salvador, which they're about 50 points behind, Honduras, they had a really bad World uh, gold Cup.
1: Yeah. And then who, who's above
3: Honduras? Uh, Jamaica. And nope, she went off her
1: own accord. Okay. <laughs> So
3: I, I think that right now, as, as of right now, Mexico, USA, Costa Rica, Jamaica are the four teams.
1: Definitely catchable. Uh, but the important thing is for ranking points, you have to win games and especially games from teams that's ranked higher than you. Not not only
3: that, winning games in tournaments are more important even than friendlies. This now
1: makes this Nations League games coming up against the US. Is it Nations League or League
3: of Nations? Oh, that's different. No, that's different. League, League that's something of the, different. Of Is that was, a comic book thing? No, no I, that, it's uh, something to do with, with <laughs> Zach backstory. <okay. lot. laughs>
1: ancestors. Oh, gotcha. His ancestors. Okay. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> the Nations League. These two games that's coming up against America, they were massive anyway. Canada have now, to now get a result. Yeah even a draw is gonna give them good ranking points. Yes. They've got to take at least a draw from these two games. A win could see them in the in top, top six. six yeah. Two defeats they are, they're friendlies count too. Just friendlies not as count as well. Much. But who we are arranging friendlies against? The does anyone have is the al- does anyone have the algorithm on this? Well, it's no like, one wants to play Canada in friendlies, it would appear, if, apart from crappy nations. It,
3: if I'm if I'm not mistaken, like, a friendly is, like, worth equal, like, points. Like, points don't make, like, they're whatever points you get. I think there's a multiplayer, maybe a, a one and a half times or two times in, like, a gold cup. And, like, a League of Nations might be one and a half. I'm not exactly
1: sure, but there it, is something like that. something like the like Duckworth Lewis method.
3: And... and And the thing is, is they go over the last uh, few sessions, so uh, last few periods. So this recent period has been pretty good for Canada because they've got results – they got a couple yeah. of gold cup victories, so they got, they got good results. And then was what you just
2: read us, including that?
3: No, they, they haven't oh, done an update no. recently. So this, the next one, we'll see exactly where that last from three years ago, where that was, and that it, it kind of yeah, changes. It's over like our, yeah. yeah, five year period. It's a three, three year, year period, period. I thought so. so How's gonna
1: how thing. it's gonna work? These top six teams in June twenty twenty are automatically in the hex. The hex. So and then out of that hex. They play each other home and away.
2: Yep. The top three teams go we're to the cool. World Cup. Yes. Yeah, woo!
1: But good team, team
2: five and six are utter uh, outright yeah. eliminated. Yes. Team team four then plays a playoff home and away. I think right. Yes. Home and away playoff against one of, one, one of 29 teams one of the 2019 <laughs> team rest teams from CONCACAF who
3: have been playing like a tournament group stage and, and a knockout, knockout stage yeah. but it's
1: is not home and away let's just stress because 29 teams playing each other in a round robin no no not round robin no, group. groups. Groups. Yeah. Yeah. groups it's like a Champions League groups style format yeah. yeah so and that the winner of that then goes into a playoff, playoff possibly so, against a South American nation it could, it could be an Asian nation
2: yeah or uh, Oceania.
3: If you're, if you're
1: lucky, it's New Zealand. Yeah, because yeah. they beat them. Hmm. But that—it's crazy. Y- you look at that, and like taking Canada out out of it. Genuinely, teams like Haiti that are up and coming.
2: Yeah, the teams that are kind of be good, screwed. The teams that are kind of going to be ranked between seven and twelve are going to f- feel very hard done yeah. by. Like Haiti's right but now, eleven. Yeah, what, what's Canada. the what's the point oh, there, even for okay. these lower nations? So here's the reality of this: Kitson Nevis okay, another so, double country. So I would first off say that. I think
3: you think about Trinidad and Tobago? They're the, the top double countries.
2: So here, here's here's what I would say about this. One is competitively speaking, this is incredibly unfair. And unjust. Uh, But there are both footballing reasons for this, which also, not surprisingly, coincide with political realities of this. And
1: let's not forget financial. Uh, No one wants the US to miss another World Cup apart from every other country in the world.
2: Which they still have a sort of, just a... Just just below fifty fifty
1: chance, of. but anyways, um, I I can't like if the women's World Cup was in Qatar, I'd hate to see what Alex Morgan's celebrations would be like. I know we should be faking some dead workers or something. I don't know. Who knows Whoa. what goes through their head? Oh no,
2: no. So here's here's what's going on here. One is what happens with the team, the lower teams in CONCACAF is they play like one home and away in World Cup qualifying, and if they don't advance, they're done. Yeah, so it's a bit of a cycle in terms of the, they could go they, four years, like, yeah, three they, or four they, years without a decent, without a competitive game, game uh, other than maybe the Caribbean Cup or whatever, and, and and so those teams need more competitive matches. This will provide that for them. Now that also coincides with the pol- with the political reality of within CONCACAF and those who uh, each, as I understand, each member nation like has a, the same weight, the same voting weight. Yeah. So the block of the Caribbean teams and maybe some of the Central American teams who don't get, especially the Caribbean teams, I think, who don't often get knocked out early in these things, they are a very strong political base. And so it makes sense if you're the president of CONCACAF to both help them in footballing terms because it can be helpful for you in a political reality as well. So whether you think it's right or not Yeah, but I don't
1: see how this does help them. That's the thing. It's like… Certain countries, that there's not any point no. at all of them well, being in no, this. No, but now they're guaranteed. They're not going to get to play, though, in America or Mexico and get that big But they're money.
2: guaranteed double the games, which is probably double the gate, let's say, most likely, uh, and there's a bit of more, a chance for even more games, right? And it keeps yeah. them
3: in it, too, kind of, they're, they're playing for something, they're playing for the chance to, essentially, whoever is that team that advances against the fourth team, they're
1: Two steps away from the World Cup, yes. whereas
3: they they might not even make the Hex, yeah. so that might be really
1: far away. They well, might be eliminated way well, they, sooner. Then you look like a team like El Salvador. So they're sitting 5th or 6th in the, in sixth the rankings. 6th right, right now, yeah. 6th so right now in the rankings. But they'll so drop. They're going to look at that and think, okay, so if we make it to the Hex, we're not going to be in the top three. Yes, this is another problem, yes. So we'd be out because we realistically we'll finish sixth, maybe fifth but they if would we have, have be, a good couple of games. But in the games. hex, if
3: in the old hex, if they were a six, they would have been out anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah,
1: but they'd be playing all these games and they'd be out. Whereas yeah. they could go through this twenty nine team field yeah. as one of the stronger countries in that field. Yes. Then they've just got this sort of home exactly. and away thing. So
3: it's a, it's a, it's a counterbalance, which yeah. so one is better like, for you.
1: What's their incentive to be sick? Do they start losing some games to drop down the rankings? Yeah. Stuff like so that. So even for a can- you, I think they've
2: already started. Yeah, <laughs> so, so obviously, the the nations have known about this for a while, right? Um, I think to help with the competitive fairness, even though some of the rankings are from three years ago, yeah. the numbers. But this is one of the conversations about the fairness. What if you're one of those teams where you're on the bubble and you just like you said, Michael, you feel you have a better shot Going through the twenty nine, then playing with the top six or the top other five, whatever. Yeah. So will you see teams tank now? John Herman this week uh, spoke on another Canadian podcast. Yes,
1: which I actually wanted to listen to. Oh, okay. I I listened to it. Like it was going to be interesting.
2: I listened to it, and I think one of the things he said, and one one of the things was, it was good to hear his perspective on going out of the Gold Cup because I think there was, I think. I think he was Steve, I think he was less slick than he usually is yeah. and, and a little bit you know you, you could feel the pain of it, and he wasn't he didn't he wasn't dismissive of it and he I think he owned things in it, including I think the substitutions which were awkward or at least he explained them anyways um but one of the things that I think he referenced in there was how Canada was lining up some friendlies that, that I think that maybe they hadn't previously lined up yes
1: so. Uh, that, that's good then to hear yeah. that because that that was one I of my thoughts is Canada needs to get some friendlies and get some big teams and to have a good showing in those friendlies. Just play Scotland. I was going to say, can you said something else? Yeah, because we'll lose anyway. Although we do have a new coach, so we'll be motivated. But when I first read it, I thought this is an absolute disaster. Canada screwed no. over. But then the more I thought about it, if Canada are going to be the strongest potential team from this twenty nine team group, it might give them a better shot.
2: Yeah, it might give them momentum. Mm. But uh, I think, I think from a perception perspective, they need to be in the hex, <laughs> right? And, yeah, I, 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 I personally think that the the,
3: the the you you were talking about like why would Montagliani agree to this? Mm. I think they've probably done some calculations where they think they can get into the top six by that time by, yeah. by June twenty twenty. And that's why they wanted to put that out there and and get in it. Two two wins against Cuba in a, a Nations League will help. And then, like I said, one draw against the U.S. And I'm almost, I'm I, I don't know the math right now, but I can almost guarantee that they will make the top six at
2: that point. Well, I, th- I think they would if they yeah. if they get something from the U.S. game. Yeah, one of the things I haven't uh, looked into deeper, but I, I've heard that this is CONCACAF has put this out there, but FIFA maybe still has to approve it. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but if that... Well,
1: uh, we can
2: count on FIFA to do the right thing. <laughs> Pretty sure about that. Because, like Steve told us a few weeks ago, there's no more oh, corruption. They're, yeah, they've they're changed. corruption they've turned a corner now. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's only up and up. Well, wait to see how that plays out. Obviously, the Nations League is coming up in September, October, maybe November as well? Definitely September and October. No games here, though. September, October. Four games. I was toying with going to Toronto for the the US game I don't know we'll see White cap season's over by then anyway we will be back with the last part of the show Wavelength and BC Soccer Web Headlines there's a very toe-tapping Wavelength tune this week after this this is Atiba
5: Hutchinson and you're listening to the AFTN show
1: Welcome back, boys and girls, men and women, children of all ages. You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio.
2: Can I ask you to put away your back scratch? Okay, put this time,
1: Especially considering he wasn't scratching his back with it. It's very soothing. You don't often get hands that reach those places. We're on 101.9 FM, oh, CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory from the University of British Columbia. I wish I could unsee what I saw that just a a minutes prior. Anyway, now it's time for Wavelength, my favourite part of the show. And we've been a bit doom and gloom in this episode, let's, let's be honest. So I've gone for an upbeat song. We've been doom and gloom. <laughs> well, our subject matter has oh, made us quite doom more, and
2: gloom. That's more fair. Yeah.
1: This is a song from 2016, brought out for the Euros in France. By favourites of the show, Helen Love. This is there's a boy from Wales called Gareth Bale. Gareth
0: Bale, Jabano. Gareth Bale, Jabano. Gareth Bale, Bale! Jaban. go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. <im curves> He's a boy from Wales called Gareth Vale. He's a boy from David
1: spoke these words. Noble brothers and sisters, be glad and
0: guard your faith and religion, and do the little things which you have heard from me and which I have shown. And may your conduct be steadfast upon the earth, for we shall never meet here. He's a boy from Wales, na, na. He's a boy from
1: Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na He's a boy from Wales called Kyle Robinson. Watson. We could have done that. We still could. He might come back. Who knows? I guess with Robble leaving, we're probably not going to get Gareth Bale signing for the Whitecaps because that's the only reason he wouldn't come now. None do cost. <laughs> that was Helen Love from 2016 with there's a boy from Wales called Gareth Bale. And now, there's a man called Steve from Surrey, and he's going to go over BC Soccer Web headlines.
3: I just yes, live in Surrey. I'm actually Surrey. a Vancouver guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get that straight right now. You tell
1: him, Steve. Yeah. East Vancouver, I believe, as well. Yeah. Same as me. Oh, same East as Van. Bob, Bobby's from Eastland.
3: East Vancouver. East Vancouver. I was more southeast, though. 40. Uh, uh, 40- 49th in Victoria, ah. uh, night oh. Street, around there. Yeah. That oh, not a, far that's from the Alpine Club. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I walked by the Alpine Club multiple times. I was always wondering until that time we went there.
1: Anyway, time for BC Soccer Web headlines brought to you in partnership with com. your one stop site for everything. What's been catching your eye this week, Steve?
3: Uh, a few stories. Uh, we'll go over them quickly. Inter Milan. Uh, oh, Inter Milan. Inter Miami. <laughs> I know you
1: keep doing that.
3: <laughs> uh, it was on purpose or by accident. Uh, uh, the stadium uh, training facility has been approved by the Fort Lauderdale City Commissioners. That's the final approval that they needed. They will that big- Fort
1: Lauderdale is not in Miami, it's yeah. Fort Lockhart. Oh, it- it's it's an offshoot you have to you know. go through it to get into yeah
3: Oh, M- uh, it's a fort lockhart uh stadium it's going to be renovated kind of they, they say building build but it's really more renovating it's an eighteen thousand seat stadium it'll be their home for two years until miami freedom park is built oh okay. and then it'll turn into like a an academy like second vision kind of thing for their i guess their usl team huh. so the, uh so beckham you know Moving it on.
1: I'll still be amazed if Miami take the picture at any point. Wasn't there some rumors recently that like he was like... One we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, that, you, was yeah. yeah that was us. Yeah, we well, didn't the, really the rumors reported <laughs> on the story. That was rumored. Yeah, Steve Panderson. Did you
2: talk to him about it, Steve?
1: No, I
3: haven't talked uh, to him about it. Yeah, uh, both of my new boys, you should. <laughs> Vancouver. I told you Vancouver. Uh, Ex-FIFA executive Jack Warner has been ordered oh, to pay $79 million I in restitutions. Uh, Drop it,
1: in the ocean for him.
3: It's essentially uh, um, because it's been ordered by a judge in New York City because uh, Warner oh, himself man. didn't contest a 2017 civil suit that claimed that he alleged, uh, sorry to say, uh, alleges that he amassed millions of dollars. Uh, he's currently in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, f- I'm not sure which one. Uh, f- uh, facing extradition orders uh, to go to the from the U.S. I, basically. I think he's in Trinidad. Yeah. Oh, there. Um, now, you said it was $79 million. Chuck Blazer's uh, f- uh, estate uh, has agreed to pay $20 million back uh, oh. because. Uh, How much is his cat going to pay? I'm not sure. Uh, but $20 million is going to be. Maybe the cat is paying. To be uh, fair,
1: though, for Chuck Blazer, that was like one month's food bill for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, he's last. A, he's a bit of a larger. Just, yeah.
1: Yeah, he used a cart to get around BC <laughs> Place. Oh, did he?
3: Yeah. Um, last story we have here. Some of the white Z- cats players could do that. <laughs> so last story here. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so we talked about. Uh, this is early... the last story. Yeah, this <laughs> last story. Um, <laughs> Ali Adnan, uh, we mentioned before about it. We don't 44 know. Forty-four year old. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know how old he is. Um, uh, Yokohama FC is signing some players who they are uh, letting us know how old they are, and they're pretty old. Uh, They signed uh, uh, Shunsuke Nakamura, uh, who's 41, and he's going to be joining uh, Kazuyoshi Murua, uh, who's 52. Jeez. Uh, this is yeah. J- J2. The J2 the league. Uh, they, the, uh, Nakamura himself is a former Celtic attacking midfielder. Oh, yeah, uh, Made his pro debut in 97, uh, I think in Japan. Um, he, was, he was also player of the year PFA, uh, Scotland's player of the year In 07 Yay. and was part of a, a team That won three out of four years well, Three out of the four years he was there he, They won league yeah. titles
1: Strong style from him
3: uh, Maroa, uh, uh was signed in January This previous January He made his debut in 86 With Santos in Brazil And recently in 2017 broke Stanley Matthews' record For oldest mm-hmm. pro to score a goal uh, When he, I guess he was 49 at the time
1: so that's a pretty old starting front. Yeah.
3: So I, I can listen You can't I, really complain
1: about Montero then. No, you know. I can I can hear about the white cats listening to this episode and going, get Willie Johnson on the phone. <laughs> mm. I think like,
2: he's, but he might have some people he doesn't get along with super well. Oh okay, yeah. that's true. Um uh, answer the phone call. So Ali Adnan, you think saying Ali Adnan has some years left. I guess so. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially in Japan. Just about eight. But yeah. <laughs> so that was B C Soccer web headline for this week. Oh man. I guess that is it for this week's show as well. We're going to be back at eleven o'clock next week. Let you know in August it's going to be. I think the first two shows in August we're going to be on at nine o'clock, but oh. we should be at eleven for the rest of July. Did Did you learn anything from the show this week? Uh, I was, Jack Warner was a lot of money. That was mm.
2: that was enjoyable. I wonder how much money he's made in his lifetime. Well, remember he, If that's he, what he has to pay he back. He used to
1: sell tickets to World Cup matches. He used to sell the Federation's tickets. Well, he, as I've told this story several times on the show before, he got East 5-3, Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> players. I they learned, don't come cheap.
3: I learned it was a good thing FIFA called it Nations League. Yes.
1: <laughs> it avoids a lot of confusion. Yes. <laughs> Although it would, it would have been probably quite popular in Italy. <laughs> anyway, that is it for this week's show. I would read out the tweets we've got, but they're on the computer in the next room and I left my phone at home. So we'll maybe get to them next week, but thanks for getting in touch with us during the show. Just before we do go, let everyone know where they can find you online.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Whitecapspeed. For me, it's at Zachary Am, and I'm part of the Movement Curve Collective.
1: I am Michael McCall. You can find me online at AFTN Canada on Twitter, AFTN Soccer on Instagram. Read all our stuff and away from the numbers, AFTN.ca... Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the show Episode 349 We will be back soon To talk about those amazing wins In New England and against San Jose I can't believe we scored double figures in both games Early prediction I'm changed my, my previous one But we will be back next week Thanks for listening Take care And on the Caps
7: Go into your first match